If you're a compliance professional, then Compliance Man Chooses the Target is here to help you figure out what to focus on and how within your organization. Join your host, Tim Kazanov Bataroff, the Compliance Man, for three minutes of condensed compliance awesomeness. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back for another episode of that international man of mystery, Compliance Man. Today, uh, in Compliance Man Chooses the Target with Tim Kazanov Bataroff, we're going to take up industrial and consumer goods. So, Tim, what are the challenges for Compliance Man today? Well, Tom, first of all, thank you for having me today. And I think we have some challenges, as usual, for compliance practitioners to be reviewed. So, everyone, welcome to episode four of Compliance Man Chooses the Target with Tim Casanova's series of podcasts. My goal is to highlight matters that should be on the agenda of practitioners that deploy compliance programs in industries or countries of active FCP enforcement. In next three minutes, I will target three specific matters that you might like to address in the course of implementation of your compliance program. Today, we'll focus on industrial and consumer goods industry, as Tom has already announced. So, our target number one will be politically exposed persons. So, the thing is that the interpretation of the term politically exposed person is a tricky thing. For instance, you want to engage a law firm which is owned by a sibling of a governmental official, let's say in Kazakhstan. If you do business in the country where culturally strong family ties extend beyond immediate family members, it could be a challenge to define whether a person among many siblings of a particular PEP de facto could act as a shadow representative, so to say, of that PEP. How to decrease compliance risk in this situation? Well, I would think the best way would be do the following. First, to find out if your company really needs offered legal services. Number two, to conduct fair market value estimation of fees to be paid. And number three would be to talk to business people and folks in the professional community, or even better, to do detailed background check in addition to due diligence, which I hope do. To find out if your potential business partner enjoys preferential regime before local state bodies being sibling of the governmental official. Tim, uh, can I yes. stop you there and follow up on a couple of those points? Yes, Tom, um, sure. Uh, n- number two, conduct a fair market value estimation of the fees to be paid. Could you give either an example of how someone would do that or if you have experience in doing it, how, how would you suggest they do it? Yes, Tom. I have experience of uh, getting expertise and actually surveys on fair market value estimation. In my case, we did it with regard to remuneration to healthcare professionals in the Russian Federation. So actually, we have hired a specialized consultancy, which which was doing for us this research. So in the end of the day, we were able to find out what is the fair market value of engagement of a healthcare professional. So we got hourly rates for the HCPs depending on their level and their um, credentials. So the same story uh, could could, could, could be done when you are trying to find out what are the fair market value with regard to legal services. 
it of course it may vary, but still I believe it's possible to get an estimation if you look to the market, if you talk to the people, and uh, if, if 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 there's there's you know a minor deviation that is fine, but still if you have a big deviation that could be a problem. Tim, uh, and your point number three, where you say talk to business people and folks in the professional community, that suggests to me that someone actually needs to get out of the corporate office and go uh, do what we would call boots on the ground or in-person interviews. Is that what you were suggesting, or would this be a computer-based or telephone interview? I would I would agree with the boots, uh, boots approach, boots on the field approach, which I have already mentioned. So in-person interview, that's something which would for, for sure work. So people, people on the grounds, people in the fields definitely know everything about the business partner. If there is a, a person, an employee in the company who is going to be in charge of this contract, he would know 100% who is business partner with whom he's going to, 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 to make a contract with. So I would agree with you uh, that it should be in person interview. That would be the best option in this case. So, Tim, if I could ask you, uh, what happens if a company decides to expand, uh, particularly around the construction of some sort of physical facility, whether it be an office or a plant or a, a something that is generally recognized in the United States as being high risk? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I would agree with you. And I think, Tom, maybe you can correct me that these days we got, got news from Walmart, right? Uh, with regards to, to their uh, the, uh, problems with FCPA in terms of getting permits, I believe, with, 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 uh, with construction of plants in, in some emerging countries. So when we're talking about other jurisdictions, probably we will have the same risks. And I would think that if your company decides to expand its business by constructing a plant overseas, I would recommend accessing the following maybe three areas which might encompass corruption risks. First of all, approvals of design of your plant by respective foreign regulators. So that would be the risk number one. The area number two to be reviewed, I would think, would be uh, the area of permissions on land allocation and construction permits to be obtained overseas. And the number three would be taxation, which might vary subject to interpretation of the vague tax rules in many emerging jurisdictions regarding construction works by overseas tax authorities. So, uh, in, in, in many jurisdictions, tax authorities have a right to, to give different rates of, of the tax depending on the legal status of, you know, of your construction, and it might, might vary. So, it's, it's, it's also an area for potential bribe risk. So, I would name these three areas as major risk stock. And, Tim, what about the, the people that are employed? Because uh, certainly it's recognized that uh, corporations are made up of people, and it's actually people who pay bribes. Exactly, Tom. That would be the main risk, and I would think that in the merits of compliance risk, the risk number one, and I hope you would agree with me, would be people, because as you have said, bribes are paid by people, not, not by corporations, not by legal entities. So it is paid by individuals. So the most important assurance you want to get is adherence to ethical culture by your team in the fields. How to assess whether your FCPA ethics program really works even on distance of thousands of miles from the headquarters? Uh, I would think you may want to do self-evaluation of your FCPA program using 
guidance from the DOJ, I think they have issued in, in April, called Evaluation of Corporate Compliance Program. And uh, I would think that that would be the, the first step which you want to do, to do self-evaluation using practical questions, using uh, the questions which will allow to understand whether your senior management really believe in, 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 in ethics. So that would be the, 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 the most powerful thing I would, I, would, I would think, which you can do uh, pretty easily, pretty quick, and for cheap, for sure, because it will be assessment done by the company itself. So I will be able to give some other practical insights regarding this self-evaluation in, in the next episode of, of our show. Well, Tim, uh, this has been a great review of an area that um, I think still compliance practitioners literally from America to Russia struggle with. So um, I look forward uh, to uh, our next episode of Compliance Man Chooses the Target. Thank you, Tom. So we'll be glad to join and hopefully our listeners will join us for the next episode of Compliance Man Chooses the Target. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Compliance Man Chooses the Target. Help us get the word out by rating and leaving a review. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.